Check one, two. Okay, hey, Blair. <coughs> okay, you guys are all good to go. Okay. okay. Great. How you feel? I feel okay. Yeah, yeah it was uh, it was unusual today. I mentioned even in the message that uh, I was having a little bit of issue with some anxiety and some panic, and don't know what's going on fully there, um, but was able to persevere yeah. and get through it. So. Well, first time preaching live in four months, five, six months, almost, almost six months. Has so. it been that long? Yeah. Yeah. So that's. That's a big deal. People don't understand just how much pressure that is until you have to do that. And so... And here's the thing though, I love it. I love teaching. I love Bible study and I love helping people understand things. But there's just... I think I've been in a really bad season the last three years of my life. And just before we moved upstairs and just before COVID hit, I was preaching three services a Sunday, back to back to back, you know. And I really just started having issues with anxiety. And I think I had, not to overuse this term, but like PTSD. Yeah. So the, the mere thought of having to go back and preach live was bringing all of those old emotions back up again. I, I believe that. Yeah. yeah, I could see it. Well, you did great. And it was like you hadn't missed a beat. That's we've, great. We've talked before. You're very gifted. You well, can get up and you. talk about moss on trees and it would be fine. So it speaking was of moss. <laughs> It was great, and I, I love this series, Coffee Mug Theology, because we've had many conversations about how people take the scriptures out of context and use them to make their own theology out of it, and it's, uh, it's just a really great and fun and cool thing. And um, speaking of that, because these scriptures are used so much out of context, um, it, it made me think about how that influences the way that we believe some of the things that we believe. And you mentioned in your message that um, when Jesus changes us, sometimes, um, most of the time actually, we can't go back and do the things that we used to do before we became a Christian. And it made me wonder how many of us as Christians, because we've taken verses like, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, because we've taken that out of context, learning it in a new way how would that make us have to change the way we've been living even though we are a Christian? And how seeing the, the scriptures in their context would cause us to have to live a different way. Yeah, well, for me, and, and the issue um, that birthed out this whole coffee mug theology to begin with is, is those verses are, are misquoted, they're misunderstood. And because of that, the, the power that is the truth that's inside of them is of no effect because it's, it's, it's not doing what it's supposed to do because it's not saying what it's supposed to say. So we take the treasure that is truth and we, we unbury it by putting it back into the context by which it's supposed to be. And now we can see. So it, it is my great desire that people, when they experience truth and when they experience you know, this for the first time again, they will have to um, confront those activities, those things, those thoughts, those whatevers, um, as this verse now speaks truth to them. And I'm telling you what, man, a long time ago, somebody called me once and they asked me like in a moment of panic almost, Jeff, will you pray for me? I've got uh, this thing in my life, it's a big sin in my life and I just need prayer. And um, I said, well, let's first off rejoice. And he goes, I'm sorry. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, let's re rejoice that God loves you so much that he would expose this sin in your life that you previously didn't think was a sin. And I gotta be honest with you, before I was a Christian, I did all kinds of things. 
I didn't think they were sinful. I knew some of them weren't so good, but I wouldn't call them sinful. Then I became a Christian. He let me see those things were sinful, and then I can repent from them, right? Receive the forgiveness that is in Christ Jesus, and then move on. And so when this friend of mine called me, he says, Jeff, I'm, I'm struggling in this thing, in my, sin in my life. And I said, I know. Let's rejoice that God showed it to you. Now let's, let's do the business of turning away from it. Repentance is really what it's called. Turn away from it. Go a different direction. Think a different way. Act a different way. Believe a different way. I think it was Martin Luther who said all of the Christian life is repentance. So we shouldn't be surprised when God shows us something new and we realize, I was wrong. I need yeah. to go in a different oh, direction. So good. And yeah, following really. Jesus does that. Yeah. It's like he will take us places, as you mentioned in the message, that the world will not take us. Yeah, uh, I, I was talking to someone else between services. Um, one, one part that I'd studied but left out of the message is there's a component um, a theological idea called God's sovereignty that plays a huge part in this too. So not, not only are we going through circumstances, um, many of them difficult, some of them good, but many of them challenging, whatever. Um, the sovereignty of God also informs us that God knows that and led us through it or into it anyways. That it is in fact God who is ordaining our steps. And for whatever reason, in his infinite wisdom, he thought Joe needs to go through this trial. Joe needs to go through this experience so that, as Melek says, the arena of our life or spiritual growth is in our circumstances. God wants us to grow, so he allows us to experience things that would cause our growth. That's so good. And isn't it good that he doesn't give us a heads up before those? You mentioned my favorite philosopher, Mike Tyson, who what? said, everybody has a plan until they get hit in the face. Until they get hit in the face. And that's a lot like the circumstances of our life. And yeah. You quoted that, was it Melick? Yeah. Who said, Rick Malik, yeah. circumstances are the arena of our spiritual growth. It's, it's like the arena, the circumstances, that's where our faith is on display. So we get to see if it grows or dies. And um, into that, you kind of worked into lab and biology. And I, um, I've always been a decent student. A pretty good student. I can see that. Too. The only time I ever got a C was in biology. Okay. Because I came real close to failing lab. <laughs> when it comes to the textbook work, I'm really good. But when it came oh. to using my hands, oh. it fell apart. But that's where it really counts. Would you say we can get the textbook stuff right with these things, but then fail lab when it comes to trusting God? Oh, absolutely. I, I think uh, some of the higher education. Uh, uh, institutions all around the world are filled with men and women who know a whole lot of book stuff and many of them even know a whole lot of the Bible. They could tell you more about what the Bible says than you and I would even understand and yet have not been able to live out their faith in Jesus Christ because they just don't have an understanding of it. Yeah, yeah, uh, head knowledge. It could puff us up, right? And, and, and that doesn't really matter. Uh, somebody once said this, and I don't know who it was. You might be able to help me, but... Um, getting into heaven, you don't have to pass a theology test to get into heaven. You don't have to have all of your doctrines right or all of your understandings of who God is right. You get into heaven how? A relationship. Relationship Jesus. through Jesus. Yeah. That's it. That's totally it. So uh, as much as this book is super important and I never want to downplay that because I think God in his infinite wisdom has left this book for us to learn about him to learn about ourselves and a relationship that he wants to have us, have with us. But we, our lives go beyond this book. There's a, a pretty famous missional organization called Acts 29. 
if you know the book of Acts, it has 28 chapters. And, and they believe Acts 29 is what we're living in right now. That we're going out and doing what Paul continued to do. What, the, what Peter and James, the other apostles, started. We're continuing to do that work. So um, this isn't the end of what God can do. There, there's more understanding of who God is. There's a greater revelation to have. Um, it will never contradict what the Bible says. But there's more to be learned than just in this book. And it all comes back to... Jesus, which you made a point to say. He's always the first thing at the church. And you wound up your message with Philippians 3, Paul giving his, he gives a bit of his spiritual vitae. This is why I am qualified to be a teacher of the law. But then he says, I'm throwing that all away because all that really matters is Christ. And you read from Philippians 3. I don't remember what verse it was, but he says, so that I can have a righteousness of my own. Yes. Through God. Through God. Yeah. And something that you talked about that was huge, and I think it's so important for all of us to know because we all struggle with that, is that when cir bad circumstances happen to us, it's not because we're being punished. Yeah. It's not because God is meeting out something against us because we've wronged him. It's because he's using it to shape us. I think so, yeah. In his sovereignty, yeah. as you said. Yeah, it, I think it's bad theology to think that somehow God wants to punish us. Um, the question needs to be it's begged out of that is, I thought he already punished his son Jesus. Isn't that why Jesus died on a cross? So if, if he's punishing us too, why did he punish Jesus? <laughs> right. I mean, ultimately when Jesus breathes those words, it is finished, all of it's finished. Salvation has been secured. The punishment of death, a punishment for sin as death is being paid, right? And, and we are free now from that. So to then have a theology uh, that's built that God is angry, so angry with us and wants to punish us for, for things that we're not doing right, it's just bad. I mean, let's put, put it this way. We can never do enough good to restore a relationship with God. So how can we do enough bad to lose our relationship with God? Um, yeah, he died once. And for all, our sin is forgiven once and for all. Not a little bit every time. Not every time we confess again, he forgives us. No, our sins have been forgiven for those who are in Christ Jesus by faith. Um, that's it. And when we sin and mess up, we repent and go back to God. That's it. We don't have to confess again. That's so good. And yeah. that's the gospel. I know. It's awesome. So um, I know you always ask the question whenever you're preparing a sermon, so what? So what? And how is this helpful? And so I wanna ask you how in the midst of all of this, and you kind of alluded to it a little bit near the end, but how is God teaching you contentment these days? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, Joe. I don't know, I, I don't know. You, uh, you ask a great question. <laughs> I have no idea. How is he teaching me contentment? Um, well, I mean, I kind of already alluded to in the message, but um, just the fact that I had to deal with all the anxiety this morning and get through all of that, um, I can be content in my relationship with Jesus, not on my performance, not on whether or not I had to change shirts because I sweated through one before nine o'clock this morning. You know what I mean? It's not based on any of those things. 
Um, being content outside of circumstances. That's a big win for me too. I forget that. I want to look at my own circumstance and go, woe is me, look how bad it is, or look how great it is, whatever. And somehow my personality ebbs and flows on my circumstance. And I'm telling you what, if we were as believers would just be content in all circumstances through Christ Jesus, we'll be so much more stable emotionally. <laughs> It'd be so much better for our spouses, so much better for our friends and employees, so much better for everyone else. So anyways. That's good, he's the secret. He's the secret. Hey, I'm glad you're here. Me too. I'm glad you did this. Me I appreciate too. you this doing it fun. last minute. Yeah, yeah thank you. Um, it's been a long time since me. we've had a chance to, to banter back and forth. It so. has been. Yeah, this is fun. All right. Thanks a lot. Thanks, man.